Hi everyone, welcome to episode 34 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. If this is your first time listening to an Inside View podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could go back to episode 1 and have a listen. Please do rate, review, tell your friends, family, whoever may know about the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. That one recommendation, it'd go a long way and we'd be forever, ever grateful. Uh, any interaction that you may have about the podcast, please do tag On The Ball Team Building and also tag the guests on any form of social media. Uh, big shout out to our sponsor GRG Sports. Um, if you're looking to, for any sportswear or or some uh, teamwear to tag out your your local club, or if you're looking to tag out you know your local business with tops, uh, be sure to get in contact with the guys. They'll they'll definitely sort you out. Um, just Google GRG Sports and contact details will be will be available there. Uh, they're on all forms of social media as well. Um, we're actually running a, a competition at the moment in conjunction with GRG Sports so over on, on our Instagram page. So uh, if you go over to On The Ball Instagram page, you'll, you'll find us at underscore On The Ball Team Building. Um, and you'll, you'll see how you can enter the competition there and you'll win, over, you'll win up to, apologies, up to €100 Euro of sportswear. Um, and big thanks again to GRG Sports for, for giving us this uh, to raffle off to a lucky winner. We really appreciate it. Um, and fair play to the guys as well. They're, they're running a great, great business there. Um, and thanks again for the continued support. And also a big shout out to our... Um, also, a big shout out to Vintry Harbour Asset Management, who are another sponsor of an Inside View podcast. Um, they're a Connecticut-based asset management company. So, if you're looking at and wondering maybe how you might be able to do something with your money at the moment, um, reach out to the Vintry Harbour Asset Management um, and the O'Shea over there in, in Connecticut. Uh, send them an email, and you'll uh, he'll be more than happy to to push you in the right direction and to. You know, invest your money in in something that you know that will will possibly uh, give you a good return. It's now time to bring on this week's guest, and I'm delighted to be joined by the first time Mayo woman, Dana Finn. The Kilchamah native is one of Ireland's up and coming basketball prospects who also represents her county in football. Juggling, playing elite sport, and academia is no doubt difficult. That requires huge amount of time management skills. Um, and that's something definitely we're going to delve into with her when we have her on the show. And the 2018 International Basketball Player of the Year comes from a strong GA household where both parents represent the male during the 80s and early 90s. Hi Dana, welcome to an Inside View podcast. How are you keeping doing these challenging times? Uh, good, yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. Um, I suppose it's tough at the moment with uh, everything going on, but um, you have to make the most of what you can do. So um yeah, college work is keeping me busy and um, I suppose I'm training away in that as much as I can. So, yeah, good. How are you finding, you know, training and, you know, keeping positive during, let's say, during this lockdown since Christmas compared to the lockdown in March? Um, yeah, so the last lockdown, I guess, like the weather and I suppose it was all nearly like so surreal, like the whole pandemic pandemic at that time. Um like I was training away like I I'd no college work to think about and I was as happy as Larry um in comparison to now um the long evenings I I'm sure everyone can relate and like going out train or for a run or out shooting like in the dark like you know it's not uh it's a you don't it's not appealing but um yeah definitely this lockdown is way more tough tougher than uh the last but um as I said there's there's 
you have to do what what uh, you have at the moment so um yeah I like I suppose I've never went for as much walks in my life normally <laughs> I'd never have time to go for a walk or you know just to pass the time um but uh yeah it's crazy how much it does for your your mental your your mind um but yeah uh, getting on with it anyway and trying to make the, the most of what we have um I suppose you know over the last couple of years and you know, like I don't know how you had time to balance both but you know, I suppose looking back now at the first pandemic and this pandemic, has it kind of made you, you know, assess what's more important in life and figure out, you know, has it made you to think that what's more important in life? You know, you probably didn't get that opportunity before because you were going from A to B constantly. Yeah, yeah. Like I was constantly on the go. So I nearly di- didn't have time to think like, um, I guess like I've spent so much more time with family, not that I don't already, like they're always at games and that, but having the five of us in the house is, uh, it's grand. Like it actually is. I, like we all get on like a house on fire, but uh, there's a few uh, bickers here and there. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely has like um, opened up like my eyes to what's, what's important. And um you won't uh, take for granted like the little things. So um, yeah, no, it is, it is. And I suppose it's challenging times for us all. So uh, I'm sure everyone is in the same position, but. Um, Just have to try to keep positive, I suppose, during these times. And I actually saw there, I think that the first yeah. lockdown, I was in, during the middle of summer, you were doing school challenges, um, you know, for the kids. I think that went very well, did it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had to do for basketball Ireland, like there was kind of skill challenges and I suppose little kind of workouts and stuff like that, that um, that kids could be doing outdoors and that like, especially with the fine weather. So um, yeah, it definitely is like, I'm sure this has taken a mental strain on a lot of people's um, lives and that, but uh, as well as my own, like I would never, like, I, as I said, I'd never have as much time to think. And it's nearly a bad thing because I'm always I, I love being all like always going like um so like just sitting here doing college work and I suppose just interacting with your family and that it can it can get hard um but I definitely would encourage people to like get out and get out as much as you can like because it, it definitely does help and that's one thing I'm missing is the the team the team aspect of things like um meeting up with the girls and training and it's just it definitely is such a feel good factor after that but um as I said, hopefully, hopefully we'll be back soon. So, and I suppose you're kind of touching it there that you're, you know, kind of training away. Um, and how we say in the peak of things, um, aside from COVID, how do you prioritize between basketball and the J? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I guess I've had this question a lot. Um, I suppose time management is huge. Like, so, uh, as I said, I, I, so I play marry with a club in or more called marry basketball uh, for basketball and then I'd have international and Mayo football um this year I guess has been as I said stranger than others um and I got to play club club football and you know the the things I wouldn't normally get to do um balancing my time like they're I guess, as I said, just time management, looking after my body and making sure that I'm not overdoing it. Um, so recovery is key to that. Um, I suppose you have to have like, but for me, you have to kind of between Mayo football and say internationally, um, you have to kind of have that like between your coaches that like mutual consensus like that 
you're gonna you're not gonna be able to be pulled and dragged from each like it's gonna have to be a balance or there's gonna be a prior prioritized so um for that in that situation basketball would have been my priority um and has been like uh but saying that like it has worked out in my favors like I've missed some games for Mayo and that um but like I said you have to make those sacrifices when you're willing to play two sports so um yeah there's been times where I'm kind of like but if basketball is my priority then and I'm wanted for a game for football I'm like oh but I can't leave and you know like and there's been times I've been training like a Friday night and I'll have uh, a, a basketball game on the Saturday and then I'll of a football a male football game on the Sunday and like there's times where I'm like as I said to another person like I get got home on a Sunday evening and um, from a Mayo game and I was just burnt out like and I was supposed to go back to Galway and I was like mom I can't go back to Galway but um with time with time like it comes where like as as I said like I'm uh, getting older and stuff like that so uh you're learning a lot as you go along and I suppose another question is like w- will I be able to uh keep it up um like I don't know I I honestly don't know um it depends how demanding either sport is and um I guess this year would have been like a challenge like it more of a challenge I suppose starting in September but it's it all got um taken away so uh yeah that buy-in from both coaches is definitely huge um that they have a mutual understanding but uh yeah, I just have to be be uh, wise at my time and not overdo uh, myself at, at the same time. And in relation to recovery, I suppose that's one thing I'd be very interested in as well. Like how, like just going on that point there that, you know, you might have something on Friday and then Saturday you might have basketball and Sunday might have, have uh, GA. And like, it's yeah. not a case you're only kicking around with a gang of friends, like you're playing at a top level in both sports. How do you recover? Yeah. Um. I guess like in that situation with training on a Friday night, like it would be in a case where like I have to take it easy that Friday night. Like it's only, I guess with a game on a Saturday, it's not going to be a hectic session anyway, but I would have had the the four days previously, like getting gym sessions in and then training and stuff like that. As I said, like you have to make sacrifices and be like, I can't train tonight. My body just isn't able. I have a big game at the weekend. And that kind of came in a lot with, um, Mayo where I I'd we train on a Saturday Saturday maybe with Mayo and then on the Sunday I'd have a um an important Super League game so like that was like I'd huge like my both coaches in both sports were so um understanding like um with regards to like I couldn't train on the Saturday because I had the big game on the Sunday um recovery wise like I I guess like the but my body is sore like sore a lot of the time like you know you're constantly going and especially going from like two different like you're going from the field to the court like um and then like I suppose gym wouldn't be as heavy if you're in that much but like you have your gym sessions to get into so um yeah no recovery definitely is key and one thing I love is my sleep so um the girls will tell you that they call me a granny because I'm I get in from training I'll have something little to eat and I'm straight to bed because otherwise I can't I can't function especially when it's uh when I'm trying to like balance both, whereas now it's like, it's a bit different. Like you've the whole day to get your stuff done. But um, yeah, I know it definitely, like I just have to be wise with um, my body. And that's what mom, mom says a lot to me and mom and dad, like listen to your body. Like it's not, this is why you're uh, maybe like breaking down on the Sunday evening and you know, but uh, I, I haven't had many of those in fairness. I haven't had many. The main thing is kind of me feeling bad about leaving 
not training for Mayo and going to a basketball game. That's my biggest, my biggest, uh, I suppose I kind of have fo- fear missing out, like a bit of FOMO when I'm leaving. But um, yeah, no, no, I just have to uh, be good with my time and look after myself. And I suppose in relation to sleep, like would you find it hard to, to get sleep sometimes, you know, when your body's that exhausted? You know, sometimes you can kind of be overtired and you might be able to get sleep because you're sore. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely there'd be sometimes like I'd be overtired, as you said, and wouldn't be able to sleep. I'm constantly thinking about, you know, my following week or like what I'm going to have to do and stuff like that. But um, yeah, no, normally I'm uh, I'm flat out. I hit the pillow and I'm flat out. But um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes I do. I do. Uh, I suppose what, what I was kind of catching on there as well was that like, what would you do to, to wind down? Um, obviously, some people don't really need to wind down the minute they hit the filler, they're gone. Um, but would you do anything, you know, consciously or subconsciously just to relax or just to switch off from the whole day? Yeah. Um, with regards to like just personally, like like reading a book, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Not like I wouldn't be a huge reader. Like, um, I suppose I'd watch it. Well, <laughs> the girls would kill me for this. Like, I, I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't watch too much Netflix. Like, um, they do kill me. How don't you watch that? Or why do you not know that actor and stuff like that? But I, uh, I suppose not really. I kind of just catch up with friends or you know, um, like have a cup of tea with the fam if I was home and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't really have a kind of. Um, a wind down thing like I go for a walk or you know chill out but um, that's about the height of it yeah and when did when did um, basketball and GA start for you um, did they both start you know together or was it one and then you, the other came after that Um, from I think like I actually I think I started like around the same time Um, I suppose when I was about eight, nine, eight or nine Um. I suppose the club in Kelchmaw uh, started up and then with Kelchmaw JA. Um, so yeah, in and around the same time. Um, I actually, I, I couldn't, I actually can't remember like when I suppose, but uh, yeah, about the same time. And you did a bit of handball as well. Would I, am I right there? Yeah. Yeah. So I played handball. Yeah. So I had to, uh, I actually really liked the handball. So I played, like I would have uh, won a few single All-Irelands and double All-Irelands. I would have, I, I really liked handball. Um, but yeah, there comes the day where I had to uh, throw one of them in. So um, yeah, handball was, uh, I suppose, my main. I kind of seen more um, potential with, I suppose, football and basketball. So uh, yeah, no, I definitely really did like the handball and so something had to and give. I suppose games with the one evenings. <laughs> so something I suppose had to give and look when you're when you're playing playing other two sports at a higher level as well. Um, yeah, it was. It wouldn't be possible. And just one thing that you always, I was um, amazed with that, and it was find, found it very interesting. Both your parents actually played with Mayo. Um, was there any bit yeah. of uh, any? I suppose. How would I put this now? Did they push you to go down the J route at any stage when you were growing up, or did they just? You know, some parents can be very. Yeah. Um, pushy with say, you know, if if a certain parent played sport or, or was in a teacher, for example, did they? push you to go down playing football or camogie or whatever um, the case may be yeah no like um as I said yeah mom and dad were like um very passionate like they played uh Mayo football but they 
No, they wouldn't actually. Like I played with Kelchma, as I said, and then I kind of started the basketball. And mom would have played a bit of basketball in school. And um, but yeah, like the J, that's what people say. Like it's it's mad that you're like very basketball, like kind of focused, not rather than football. Like I still obviously play in that, but um, they didn't ever push me. No, but uh, like I suppose now that I'm kind of playing the the football on that, like dad and um, dad loves the basketball. So as does mom. Like, but um, since I kind of started playing and my sister Hazel plays as well, um, they've kind of gone like they love the basketball and they're very interested in it. But uh, no, there was never like any push. Like I suppose, like dad is very dad and mom are very driven, and I suppose we kind of get that from them. And um. But there was never, yeah, there was never kind of like, you have to do this. Like they were kind of just like, as long as you're happy, that's the main thing. And I guess, yeah. It's been great to have support, you know, from your parents as well, growing up at, at that age, you know, I suppose especially when, best, when both of them did play with me. Um, you know, in, in I know your dad played in the 80s. Um, and I, I suppose your mom played around in as well. Um, so it must, it must, do you feel a bit, actually, you know, on the flip side of that, do you feel a bit of pressure playing football? Um, with the with regards to football, yeah, you know that you you know the fact that your both your parents played that I kind of had to, yeah. Um, I don't know, like not really. No, I suppose like if we didn't play sport, it would be like, geez, how don't they play sport like that? Like they're they come from a very sporting background, but um, no, not too much pressure. I guess like when I when I kind of went towards the basketball, I wasn't like fully focused on kind of like um Mayo football on that it would have been like geez should I be playing the football like you know but uh no no I, I actually didn't feel any pressure like mom and dad are, are very good and they're supportive and whatever like um we go down so uh yeah very good very good and it's I just from research well I think your your sister as well is is coming on the football scene is it or is the basketball scene at the moment yeah so Hazel my sister um she plays international as well so basketball and then she plays with the minor footballers yeah so um we'd be very very alike in that way like we're uh I suppose both playing the same kind of things and that but uh yeah she's coming so she would have played it played in the Europeans um the last few years she's 17 at the moment so uh yeah and then she has minor football in saying that she kind of didn't play like myself like I only played one I only played one minor game like um I didn't play minors up until my last year um and then I played against Galway and that's kind of when I made the step into the seniors but uh yeah Hazel's um Hazel's coming up their ranks as well so uh yeah it must be uh it's the, well it is a GA and basketball med um household so yeah and then like my brother Killian would play uh we catch Ma as well. Like he'd be mad football wise as well. He actually never he liked the basketball, but he never would have uh, went down that road like us. Like, but um, yeah, no, it is it is very good. You you just um, touched on that point there about you played one game in the minors for Mayo. Um, was did you lose that game? You're knocked out in straight away, or what was the? Yeah, so we I like so what was previously like I kind of been asked to go in and I said no because I was very busy in that, but um. Then I don't know what like I kind of got asked to go in a few to train kind of when I could and I was like okay yeah I'll give it a go and um see how I got on so I trained like maybe four weeks prior to the game against Galway and yeah we I actually played fullback in that game and uh we lost we actually ended up losing that game yeah so we were knocked out and then 
yeah, Peter Lee, he was actually at that game. So um, that's my Mayo manager. So yeah, then then I kind of progressed into the senior team. Yeah. Yes, that's that's amazing. So you're in the senior team at 18, 17, 18, were you? Yeah, so it was kind of my first year of college. I, I actually skipped TY, so I'm I'm young enough like as it is. So I was 17 in my first year of college and it was the oh, it was actually 18 the February and um that's kind of when I got called in was March, about March or April. So yeah. And yeah. Look, as as an 18-year-old, and this is this would be the case in any sport really, like and you're walking into a senior dressing room. Bearing in mind now, you only played one game uh, for in minors in football, and you possibly played all the position. Yeah. Don't don't think full back is your position, is it? Or uh, no, not really, no. no. Um, but yeah. you know, and you know, yeah. you're you're more you're more playing basketball all your life. Kind of something like here in Donny, you know, he just he was more basketball all his life, and he he played a bit of football, and things kind of started going well. Um, do you feel? Do you think it was kind of daunting walking into the dress room and you're like, geez, I'm, I'm coming in here now, having played probably as much football as a lot of the other girls inside there? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was definitely very daunting. Like, uh, I guess going in, like, I kind of like I would be like a very like a chatty person. But at first, if you met me now, I'd be kind of a bit shy, like, you know, but once you get me chatting, then I'm fine. I suppose when I went into the dressing room and or on the way in the car, I was nervous, like, um, like, yeah, I was nervous, but, uh, like, then when I got into the dressing room, it was grand, like, the girls are so welcoming, and, like, I would have known a few of the older kind of girls, like, the Kellys, who were kind of around and that, so, um, yeah, so, it kind of was daunting, but, uh, as I said, they were so welcoming, and they're kind of like, just be yourself, and you're here for a reason, so, um, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, no, it's what, yeah, so you kind of fitted in, and, um, I suppose you know you went through a few training sessions and you kind of settled in. Then after that, um, putting yeah. aside, uh, can you give us an idea? I know we spoke about this off air. Can you give us an idea? Um, what your schedule would be like normally for the year? Um, like would Jay be on for three, four months then stop in basketball, or would there be a lot of clashes? Um. Yeah. So for. Basketball, I suppose, starting September-wise, maybe um, it would the Super League would start in October, so um, that goes on till about April. So you're kind of training and playing games till April, about April, yeah. And then football, like the league, is you kind of start training. You like you train the winter as well, um, and then the league is kind of January, February, March. Uh, so yeah, like looking back, I'm kind of like, geez, like what like you know what kind of what did I do when this happened but um that's kind of how it works and then you have the international so like we kind of start training maybe like November kind of would start kind of the squad would start coming together and then you'd kind of get a few training pods kind of every month like so every second weekend maybe we train um when you're in when you're playing in Super League, you're kind of training all the time and you're kind of your coaches internationally are keeping an eye on you and stuff like that. So uh that kind of like tear goes away for a while and then that comes back in then big in the summer months. So you kind of May, June, July, and August. Um it depends on like which Europeans you're competing in. So um most of mine down to the years have been August. So you train 
May, June and July would be your year and you train like every week, maybe like it would be three or four days. So you'd, you'd kind of go away and you'd stay at the, like one of the girls, if it was in Dublin, you'd stay at their house and that's how it would work. It, then like, as you know, like championship comes in then for male football in like June would be the Connacht final. Um, so yeah, there's like, for one of the Connacht finals, I was away playing in France um, with under 18. So I missed that. And there has been times where, it's been tough. Like I had to like make these decisions and, you know, but um, yeah, it's kind of all round. So then I finish up Europeans finishes in August and then you kind of have kind of straight back into college and then the club basketball comes back then. So um, yeah, it kind of is all year round when I'm playing both, but I suppose it kind of would be the that case as well. And uh, playing internationally, like you play from say October to April, and then international stage comes on, and you're training then all summer and playing, and there's trips away and that. So um, yeah. From a person that plays both sports, um, look, I think we've seen a huge amount now with Dublin, um, and we've seen it with Kieran Donny, we've seen it with Aidan O'Shea, um, Michael Darren McCauley from from Dublin, even the whole Dublin team, and it's it's creeping very much into G. You know, can you give yeah. us kind of uh, um an idea of the crossover between both sports? Yeah, so um, like there definitely is a load of links between, and I suppose we've kind of seen that with Dublin and like they've they have one of the coaches from Dublin in training them like once or twice a week and as do Mayo um, and I'm sure like Donaghy and a lot of all the other clubs have too like it definitely is the the one or two sessions a week is definitely showing and you can kind of see I remember when Donaghy did an, an analysis of um one of the Dublin games um that he kind of used the back door in um football or in basketball and Dublin had implemented that into their forward play um like your hand-eye coordination is huge and like uh like your fielding of the ball and stuff like that it definitely is so there's so many crossovers um and I suppose from someone who like yourself who doesn't play basketball you probably notice those things too like it's like Mm -hmm. seeing like the screen like I know Dublin have uh a screen in basketball is like where you're standing the way of someone. And um, I know Mayo got caught a few times for that. Like, but yeah, no, it definitely is. I think a lot of teams in the last year or two have implemented or asked coaches to come along and just give them little tips like that they can implement into the, the football. So yeah, it does help. It does help going from one to the other um, in that sense. Um, normally, you know, you'd be playing with Mayo and you'd play with the Irish basketball side. Uh, do you play do you get any opportunity to play with your own local club yeah like as I said like down through the years I would have played underage um, and then when I when times were normal and I was playing international and Mayo um, like I struggled to give time to the club so like uh, at the time like when Mayo was in peak I would have given Mayo its priority so uh, I wouldn't played much club but this year I I actually played um, a lot like in the year previous we uh won the junior and or B and then we came won the junior this year. So um yeah, like it was definitely so nice to get back into the club. And it's a bit of a like kind of the pressure is taken off you. You're not kind of being like I suppose watched all the time. Like, you know, um like it's a bit more la- not laxy daisy. Like it, it still is intense like and that, but uh it was definitely nice to play locally and like be with the girls again and that and um, as I said, like going back in, I say it's a bit bit more, there's not much pressure. But then when Mayo came back there for the short period um, last year, like I was like, 
the difference in like the intensity and you know I'm like geez like this is a a lot like the standard is a lot better and you're kind of hit like playing against people of your standard and better like and which is you know like you're constantly getting better but um yeah no it was definitely really enjoyable and like I played myself and Hazel played midfield for Keltramaz so uh that was good too it's good to have her beside me so yeah would that been would that been your first time partnering your sister midfield for a campaign or did you did you play with her before Uh, we played for yeah so that kind of would have been the first like we played the junior um be the previous year um I think Hazel could have played in the forwards but yeah like that that kind of would have been the first year yeah we played together and then yeah as I said last year it was midfield together so uh um, and I we like for in the final like I got man in the match but Hazel definitely definitely outdid out, out me that day like um, so at least it was coming to the one house we could I said it's yours we'll share it like you know but uh, yeah no it definitely was good and I suppose you know looking back over the you know the lockdown period looking over you know I suppose the one good thing you can take from it is the fact it gave players like yourself and even with the you know the GA players to go back and play with their club. Um I think that was something would that would you be in the same mind frame saying that was something special that you got the opportunity to go back and you know you were fully fit, you know, you weren't absolutely drained because you would have been traveling all around Ireland and Europe that you could go back and commit to the club for a while. Yeah, definitely like as I said, like I kind of I like I hate that kind of not being able to train like because of like another sport although I'm still playing you know you're not there so you're not really there like you know um yeah I definitely think I think a lot of people would agree that it was so nice to get back to to club and like you could just focus on that and actually like you know uh focus on like reaching your goal and winning the junior so um yeah no it definitely it was really good and uh I think like the JA will kind of implement it more that they're going to play, run the, um, the league or the club football off, like without the county, like, so at least the county players can go back and play like, you know, um, but yeah, no, it, it was really good. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, definitely speaking to some of the JA guys that, and even some of the girls as well, that they're, that was a very, it was something very important to them because, you know, like like we touched on there, I suppose they couldn't commit fully to the club before they might have been allowed by, by management or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, I suppose look, that's that's one thing we can take from the, the lockdown period. Can you see a point coming in your career that, you know, you might be able to play both sports and you'll have to choose? Yeah. Um, I... Like I can, yeah, I I can see a point where I'm going to have to choose, like as I get older, like my body just probably won't be able. Um, But for now, like, I guess like the buy-in is huge from both coaches and like some coaches, like if they don't have you fully, like they, like, you know, and you're playing two sports, it definitely is. And that's like, I totally understand that from players' point of view that like, if I'm trying to play two sports and I'm only giving you 50%, like, then like, it's not fair and them or it's not fair in the players like you know at the same time but um yeah I suppose down the road I can see a time where I'm gonna have to uh choose between both but for now I'm gonna <laughs> I suppose stick and see and I this year has kind of uh has been different and like I haven't got to play either so like next year I will definitely try and I suppose give it a go again and see how I get on but uh yeah we'll 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 ch- uh, cross that hurdle when we get to it 
Perfect. And look, before we delve into um, how the size you've been involved with got on over the past few years, um, can you explain, you know, excuse me for, for asking this now, but um, you know yourself, you know, basketball might be ex- as well known as, as GA or soccer in Ireland. So it'd be no yeah. harm just to just to explain this. But can you, you know, explain what competitions um, would Ireland and Ireland in the 20s and senior sides would have played in? Um, are do playing or do they play in the Olympics? Yeah. yeah. So um, so basically, it's kind of the European Championships. So for underage, so um, like uh, underage, I would have played in the European Championships in the summer, obviously. Um, and they would we'd be a B, say a B team. So it would have been the European B. Um, and then in Dublin, um, obviously we won silver, so we got promoted then to A. So we went to the European Championships championships in eight um and that goes the same for, uh, for under 20 um so then with regards to the Irish senior women's team we'd be playing in the European small countries this June so that's our kind of main goal and um, which will kind of be regarded as kind of a C kind of competition um there is like Euro leagues and pro leagues in Europe so like Spain and uh, France and stuff like that so uh our main goal now is small countries and we'd be potentially looking to win that um so we're currently like on trial for that uh and then yeah so you kind of qualify for the olympics um so you go into like qualifying right rounds from the euro league um it's actually like such a lot kind of complicated process but um yeah so we we can qualify but i suppose our, our main aim now is the small countries and then reassess kind of after that um so yeah so you have the small country, so that'd be the main competition the Irish senior senior um, ladies team would play in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we played in yeah that last year. Well, I didn't I didn't play in that last year. I was we were in cause for under twenty. So um, this would be my first year kind of playing senior ball. So that would be my main goal is to make that team. Um, and they're in June. So. Um. In in two thousand and also you'd be overage from the twenty this year, obviously, would you? Yeah. 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 In 2019, you played in the B competition in Kosovo and won bronze. Um, so you obviously got promoted in the last year to A. Yeah. Did did um did that competition get played off last year or no? So no. that team, yeah. So they that got taken away from the team. So like I wouldn't have been. That would have been my last kind of year. So the team then coming up would have been playing an A. So uh, yeah, that got taken away. I'm nearly sure. It's it follows on though to the following years, so I presume we get we're like playing in the NA this summer coming hopefully. So and that game actually was um just reading the report, it seemed to be very much cracker the game against Great Britain. Um, like just bearing in mind, like Great Britain must have been extremely strong. Like they'd have England, Wales, um, yeah, Scotland, and would they have Northern Ireland yeah. as well, or would Northern Ireland be with Ireland? They're with us, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah but yeah. they must be extremely strong if they can pick you know, seven or 12 players from a bit that Yeah, popular. yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we played, we actually ended up playing those twice, uh, Great Britain twice in that tournament, yeah. So, um, it's always good to get a second go or second cracker at them. Um, but, yeah, as you, as you can see, it was it was a close game, but uh, it's always good to come out on the, the, the right side when you're playing against those. Definitely, definitely. So, you went, so in 2019, um, you had quite a busy year, uh, from looking at your, you know, looking up your your schedule on, on um, 
you know, in other interviews that you did and all that, that you were in Spain for Erasmus. Uh, first of all, what was it like over there? Um, was it a great experience and what was the culture like? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I suppose last year, yeah, kind of the year before I went to um, Spain, yeah, Valencia. So initially before I was going, I kind of kind of wanted to obviously play ball over there. And I kind of like went to my lecture and was like, I got a place down south that didn't kind of I kind of looked into it and didn't really have a kind of basketball kind of kind of club and so yeah I joined Valencia Basket Club and yeah it was it was really good like the professionalism and all that was I was playing with kind of the senior team so that club has a professional team and um the like the facilities for like insane they were so so good so we would have trained maybe uh four times a week kind of and like you'd have a gym session before your training um so yeah that was good and then we'd have a game nearly every weekend but you train like obviously pre-season kind of beforehand and then you'd have the game so you wouldn't train as much in season but um yeah the culture like obviously really really different um people kind of asked me how did I like comes to, like with the language and that like obviously I'm studying Spanish so it made it easier and um, still difficult though like sp- they speak so fast and you know but um as much as you need to know in a course you can kind of get get your head around it like when you know the game um so yeah no it, w- it was really good and like their facilities as I said were uh were second to none like they were so so good and uh it was definitely like such a good experience so um yeah yeah, that's actually something I wasn't aware of before. Um, or maybe I just maybe I was and I just forgot about it. That uh, basketball is actually pay, played professionally in Spain. Um, it's quite a, it's quite a funny because you know it's so hot, warm over there, like and it's a, it's an indoor sport. Yeah. How did you find that going indoor when it's obviously yeah. beautiful outdoor? Yeah. Um. Oh, like the weather for anyone, I think is such a like it brings up your mood totally. Like so. Um. Yeah, like I would have previously played like Europeans, so like away in like Italy and hot countries. Um, so like it is tough playing, like constantly playing that weather and like you never kind of get that. Like I suppose Ireland is so different. But uh, yeah, no, it was, I suppose I was kind of used to that in that kind of sense. Like I, it didn't really bother me, but like you definitely sweat like a hundred times more and, you know, um, it is different. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was grand. Um. One thing I came across, and look, I, I could could have interpreted it completely wrong. Um, the games that you were traveling abroad was that very much self funded, or was anything you know when you're representing your your country? Was there any anything subsidized, or was it all self funded? Um, yeah, so it's all self funded. Yeah, so um, down through the years, it would have been like your family or like you know um that support would have paid. So uh. Yeah, that I suppose that is a, a big um puts a big financial strain on it. And like some people, like you could be the best player in the country and financially mightn't be able to afford it. So that like takes your chances away from competing, which is like a huge, huge shame. Um but I guess like now we have we would have like fundraised and all that as teams and got a bit of Bob together. Um but this year we actually for the for the Irish senior women's team, um, we would there's a new sponsor, Gotham Drywall. So they've come on board this year, which is like a huge, huge um boost to the team. So financially, it's going to make things a lot easier. And um, 
that'll be looking at towards covering our our trips and our Europeans. So um, yeah. it's on the up like the the financial um, but down kind of through the years like I suppose with myself and Hazel playing like it is it is a lot like. Well, geez, I was, I, was, I couldn't believe that when I when I heard it. Um, yeah. Right. I think yeah. I saw an interview about it before. Uh, just out of curiosity as well. Uh, just back to Spain. Um, did you play any bit of football over there, or did you just take a break for four or five months? I actually, yeah, no, I didn't play any football over there. There was a club. Oh, I can't remember the name. Uh, they kind of just played for fun, like a lot of the Irish. Um, Vincent's, I think. Uh, I'm not going to say the name because I'm not fully sure. But um, yeah, a lot of the Irish, like there was maybe a hundred Irish out there in Erasmus, and most of like uh, my friends and that would have played the football just kind of for the crack. Um, I suppose like it would have been good kind of like to play that as well. But like with in terms of basketball, like I kind of just chose to do that and play it as a because it was more. Um, I suppose not like professional but you know it was more like concrete like it was so uh the football was kind of just for fun so I suppose it, it I was an op- it was an opportunity to you know play in a professional environment as well um and you probably wanted to commit commit fully to it yeah yeah definitely like if there was a team who were I suppose kind of like competing like like a lot of the people who kind of played in with the team, the JA team over there were kind of just, you know, I will go for the crack, go for the pints after, like, you know, that was the main thing. But uh, yeah, no, I was kind of more like structured and that's so. Over in Spain, obviously, look, you're, you're an English speaker. Um, do you find the Spanish difficult? I know you were saying that, you know, you studied it um, in in college, but did you, you know, go into college over there? Were you doing everything through Spanish, first of all? And did you find yeah. that difficult? Um, yeah, definitely, definitely was very challenging. Um, so, like, as I said, like, in, on the course, you've kind of even, you know, what's happening that, like, I'd be well able though, to chat, like, in the supermarket and that, like, getting stuff and all that is, it was grand. But, like, in college, like, everything is through Spanish. So, like, I remember my first day, I was so nervous. Obviously, in a different college, no one spoke English. And, like, trying to get your timetable organized in English in Ireland is difficult never mind in Spain and Spanish like you know so um yeah so I remember going up and asking something I don't know what I asked something about getting my time to the sorted and your man just started going on and on and I was like yeah sound it looked like you know and I just walked off and I was like I was with one of the girls and I was like geez you know what they said there like but that kind of was difficult but as you get as you go on like you're learning and you get kind of used to it and the speed of things and and uh understanding but uh yeah no I I remember just being like oh my god and like there's something about like I suppose people say the Irish are so friendly and they'll go out of your way but like no just like not disrespect to Spanish but like as in like there was it was very much so do this that's it like bye like you know um and they wouldn't like kind of go out of their way and be like no she come with me we'll do this we'll figure it out like you know so um yeah that was different but uh it was definitely challenging, but uh, as I said, you, you only grow with these experiences, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And did you go over there on your own or was there one or two other people there from, from uh, uh, NUIG? From NUIG, there actually was, but they were from commerce. So there was two um, studying international commerce. Uh, 
so they there was two from there but I actually didn't know them knew of them then when I met them and that but uh there was I initially as I said was supposed to go to a different um part of Spain and that's kind of how I kind of went on my own then but I was living with Irish people and that which I suppose in a way is nearly it's nearly bad that there's so many Irish over there because English like you're speaking English a good, a good lot of the time but uh it's good to have them around you as well kind of settling in and all that so after your experience in in Spain and kind of getting that you know that bit of a bit of a taste of I suppose, you know a professional environment um would it be something that you could see yourself going down in years to come um possibly yeah um yeah definitely like I really like the like playing professor like playing basketball is my job like I love the idea of that um but yeah it would definitely be one of my goals I guess um or on on the table um as I said like I do like the the idea of the AFL too that would uh entice me a lot as well but um as for now I'm gonna kind of my my main goal I suppose for this year is to um compete with the Irish Indian women's team and then I suppose after that I'll uh, reevaluate. um but yeah, it definitely will be on the cards. It's something I'd really like to do. So, if um, if you wanted to go professional, I obviously um, you know you touched on already. We can you you could go professional in Spain, but where else in Europe could you go? And would America be an option? Um, yeah. So you can go like France, Germany, any of those countries. Um, I suppose it just depends on like the team and like the level and that like and how you know um how it is and what you want to play it um with regards to america there would have been like college basketball would have been like a few of my friends um are over playing in colleges in america so uh if you will kind of want to go to college and play over there you can like that would have been an option for me um i suppose at the time when i was looking to go to college um i guess i kind of didn't i was kind of I was 17 at the time I I don't like I guess people ask why didn't why didn't you go or you know um I don't kind of have a huge reason I kind of want to go to college in Ireland um and I guess like I didn't uh, I was young at the time and didn't but looking back now like I I'm glad I I haven't and you know um it is a huge opportunity and I know like a lot of the girls love it and a lot of the girls you know struggle but um yeah no it is an opportunity and I'm glad that I kind of got that to play in Spain as well it's kind of like a you know but um yeah America is an option they don't have I suppose professional teams after college it's kind of the NBA or else you can go play professional or the WNBA or else you can go play professional in European countries so um and I know I kind of probably asked you this but so the goal would be you know obviously the Jays is great and all that but at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't pay um, pay wages and, you know, you can't really make a living out of it. So you would like to go down the route of professionalism in some sport, whether it be in Europe or whether it be in Australia or whatever, wherever comes knocking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, I suppose I, I, like, I haven't thought too much about it. Like, I'm 20 at the moment. So, um, as I said, I kind of get this degree over with me and then kind of reassess. But, yeah, definitely I would. Um, would love to go play professional, I suppose, in, in either. So this is probably going to be a, a stupid enough question, but playing for your country, I know, I suppose you've been playing for your country all, you know, all your life from 16s up. Um, it must be a massive honour, you know, 
you know, just to kind of, you know, break it down, what does it mean to play for your country and represent your country um, at an elite level? Um, it must be a great honour. Um, and yeah, is it something you kind of took for granted in a way until COVID? Or did, did you always feel that, um, that kind of weight on your shoulders? Um, no, yeah. Obviously, as you said, like, it's a huge honour to represent your country. Um. I know it's not something I would have taken for granted. Like any time I put on the Irish jersey, I would have tried to fulfill it as best as I could. Um, and like, like you're representing your country, your family, your friends, all all kind of aspects. And I suppose anytime you put on the jersey, you're going to want to wear it with pride and, you know, try try as hard as you can. So um, I suppose as a result, I have a silver, we as a team, I suppose, have a silver medal and a bronze medal. But um. Yeah, no, anytime, anytime I put on the jersey, it's uh, definitely um, a huge honour. And like, I, I, I suppose looking back now with COVID and all, like, I get, like, I cannot wait to the next time, like, you know, I, I get to wear the jersey. But um, I suppose it's something you work hard for as well. Like, um, so like you're constantly training and you're making sacrifices and missing the nights out and stuff like that so uh, it is definitely all worth it. and then you'll you'll make those sacrifices of not not uh going out with the girls or you know um to wear that jersey and represent your country so uh especially when it's something you love on that point actually because look, you know yourself you know there can be a lot of talented players until they hit college and then they hit college and um you know everything with that they get distracted with different things how did you how did you keep that focus um, during college, you know, not going out, go out, well, being careful on nights out if you do go out and not overdoing it? How did you, because that takes a lot of commitment and a lot of, um, a lot of focus as well and, you know, not yeah. getting into peer pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose when I was younger, kind of 16, I suppose 16 and 17, that's kind of when it's tough. It's because, you know, you're, you're young and like looking back now, like there's times where I would have been like, oh but like you know Froga is on a Friday night mom like you know like I, I want I want to go to Froga tonight like and like looking back now there's not a chance I go to Froga over going to China like you know um like now like but um like I guess it is it is uh hard like when you're the girl like people are going out and stuff like that but like you have to make these sacrifices and like it's kind of got gets you to where you are today like from a personal point of view like um it does it does make a difference missing that and like previously I suppose I wouldn't I wouldn't have had time like I would have been training and like been kind of like tired and like there's priorities too like you have to get your priorities straight in in those uh situations so um yeah I like there's times as I said I would have found it difficult um if something was happening I was missing out but uh looking back now there's I'm glad I missed out on those to uh to get I suppose where I am today so uh, do you think um, do you think your parents would have been would have been a massive influence on you? Um, you know, especially d- during those we say fourteen to seventeen, eighteen. You know, that age bracket. Do you know when you want to be out with your friends, you want to be you know experiencing these new things. Do you think they were always kind of you know look suffer now and you will get the rewards and in, in you know you will get that chance to put on the green jersey. Yeah, yeah, like definitely like mom and dad would have pushed 
I suppose, I, as I, you said, I'd never felt pushed by them, but they would have pushed me to be like, it will, you will get the rewards. Like, you know, um, and kind of like, I would have always like kind of been towards like going to training. Like I would have hate missing training, but um, yeah, they're definitely like, we trained, we moved to a club in Mary and kind of, they were kind of like, I suppose, instigators of this is an opportunity and you want to take it. And, you know, they would have uh, always encouraged us to go that extra mile. So, um, and like, they're literally like our backbones, like, you know, the biggest support they would have from since I've been 14 to like, even now, like, you know, would bring me, drive me to train and drive me to game. You know, they're always constantly there. And after every game, I get a full blown analysis from dad and, you know, (laughs) that goes on, but uh, it's always good. Like, like they're so passionate about it. So uh, it's, it's definitely such a helping hand and they get you to see things that you mightn't have seen on the, on the court or the pitch like you know um and stuff you have to work on so yeah how do you deal with setbacks and disappointments um you know for example injuries and, and losses that you might have put a huge amount of work into um i guess like a positive attitude like touch wood i haven't i haven't um had to deal with too much ma- like too many big injuries like i've had injuries in the past um but I suppose they're only temporary like, and it's how you, how you deal with them then that, um, how that's going to make you stronger. But, um, yeah, I guess like, as I said, touch what I haven't had to deal with any big injuries, but, uh, you just have to be positive and like, it does affect you mentally. Like, um, like I, like I've had a concussion in the past and it, my body was so perfect, but my head wasn't. And that was a big, that was probably the, the, the worst injury I've had because, I was, my body was able to run. There was no like hamstring strain. There was nothing like, it was just my head. Um, so that, yeah, that, that definitely did affect me. And like, you know, it, it set me back a bit, but then like looking back, like I had, I was constantly going at that time and that kind of six week break to, for my body to recover and get back to, you know, I kind of came back and I was, I was flying like, you know, back into training and that. So, uh, I suppose you just have to just have to look after them like because if you don't then they're going to happen again and you're going to be back in the same position you were the year before but um yeah no mentally it is tough and uh but these things ha- happen it's a, it's part of sport yeah exactly and it's, it's yeah. about having a you know a positive positive outlook and I suppose it's important to um to have you know a small circle of of uh of friends that you know that can be there for you when, when you're down. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like your family, your friends are so important. Um, and I guess now is a time where like, obviously your family are so important and you're spending so much time, but you'd nearly like you miss your friends and even chatting like to you and like, you know, stuff like people on FaceTime. It's like, it nearly feels weird to be chatting, like having a full blown conversation because you haven't been kind of, I suppose, out and about in so long. But um, yeah, they're so important. And like even yesterday, I was only driving down the town and um, one of the girls is at walk and I put down the window and like. It was just so strange, but like it made you feel so much better because you were meet, kind of meeting someone and just chatting away like, you know, um, it does so much for you. But yeah, it's good to always have that support. I don't know how am I going to word this now, but just we'll, we'll just go with it. But um, you know, you hear people saying, you know, X person is you know a carrier, a male ladies footballer, or, or she plays for the Irish women's team. What is your feeling around that tag? Um, you know, 
carry at male ladies or carry ladies you know you're you're a male lady footballer um you don't you don't hear uh, people saying he's a male lads footballer do you know do you know what i'm trying to get at what's the yeah 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 uh, totally yeah um yeah i i suppose i don't it doesn't it doesn't necessarily not that it doesn't bother me like that kind of some people would say it's really distinguishing between both um female and male um i suppose it's always good to be called a lady in in one sense um but uh there is that like in a way like the met the ja was the men's associate association was founded i suppose before women's and kind of to distinguish between between both male ladies footballer i guess with regard like with regards to i know male men's are going to be like oh there if you if i refer to some one of the male footballers as he's a male footballer i think you you'll always say she's a male footballer not she's a male ladies footballer you know um there is that there is that a uh, thing about female and males but um i don't think i don't think i suppose that's never kind of came up in a topic of conversation um as I said, like the men's would have been founded before and that's kind of how they distinguish between both. Um, with regards to the Irish um, basketball, it would be the international men's team or the international women's team. There's no kind of dis- like difference there. But um, yeah, that's a good question. I'd be interested to see like what other, what other kind of women would have to say on that side um, because there is so much talk about the like differences and the the gap between male and female athletes but um I think that's kind of a minor uh, a minor kind of way of kind of looking at things um but yeah it still is relevant definitely relevant I suppose look you're probably coming into it now when you know when the ladies when the ladies sports are getting a lot of exposure because on the back of the 2020 campaign and rightly so but you know, years ago it wasn't perhaps as you know as as big, and they weren't getting as as expo- as much exposure. Do you think the twenty twenty campaign has been good? I know yeah, that definitely. was last year, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it was a huge campaign, and like it's it's evident from like attendances at games and more um participation in sport. Um, I think like I suppose it kind of starts from like kind of like primary school wise like and then not letting that gap drift between sixth class and going into secondary school like that gap where some girls are kind of like oh I'm going in you know it's your teenage years that's kind of a the kind of struggle um between from that kind of gap like between secondary school and uh, primary but I think like it has been a huge success and there's been way more participation in sport and I know like looking back when I was younger like the difference like there would have been like I suppose now like young girls are admiring female athletes rather than like male like the men's footballers and you know it's it's definitely shown um but uh yeah no I think it kind of starts from like even like coaches like people like me or young kind of athletes like getting involved in like coaching young people or even just like acknowledging a young person that they're doing better in sport like that means so much to one like even at cool camps like complimenting them like that is that means so much and that'll drive them to want to get out and want to practice um but yeah it was a huge success and I think I suppose the year that was in it 
it wasn't necessarily classified a, a a great year, but um that that campaign definitely was a huge success. So and hopefully it continues. Before we go on to the next question, and it, it will be the last question. Out of curiosity, did you ever decide? Do you ever did it ever come to a point in your in your career to date that you wanted to pack one sport in that you had enough of it? No, no. There obviously will be a uh, there will be doubts where like maybe I've had a bad session or we lost like lost a lost game, but never there actually has been never a doubt like I don't know what I would do without sports like I'm going like going insane now I guess I do know what I, I do but um I know I there actually hasn't been a, a time where I I would have wanted to pack them in no thankfully in touch wood I'm healthy and able to play I had Orla Farmer there from, from Cork on the podcast a couple of probably as you well before Christmas now at this stage. Um, and she did a lot of uh, research in the area of the dropout rates for girls in sports, which I think it was 50% by the age of 12, which was actually, you know, quite alarming, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, in your opinion, what else can be done to encourage girls to, you know, continue to play sports? I suppose really what can be done to capitalise on the 2020 campaign? Because obviously that yeah, did yeah. do well. Yeah, um, like that's a really good question. And like, I suppose it kind of, as you said, the dropout rate, rate is high and that's kind of comes from like the the next step from like sixth class into into uh, secondary school is where the big, the huge thing is. Um, and what can be done? I think um, more, I suppose it is happening, but coming talking from like a person's perspective and like from kind of locally in Mayo, um, there does be like coaches into school schools and that, but mainly, mainly football. Um, I guess like not everyone, as we know, likes football and team sports and stuff like that. So, and I know even basketball wise, like there, there wouldn't be as much focus on that in schools. Um, so I think, yeah, like stuff like that needs to kind of improve a, a bit by bit, like, and uh, if it does, then like, I suppose that 12, that kind of age gap, it'll encourage them to like take it up in, in secondary school. Um, I suppose there's loads around like mental mental health and all that now and how good it is to play a sport. And I think like the young girls, even just younger than Hay- my sister Hazel, like, um, are kind of listening to that and like they know how how well it is how, how what good it does for your um your body and your your health so uh yeah like there's definitely a lot of more idea people will have a lot more ideas um but yeah hopefully hopefully it, it continues to uh get better and grow but like i suppose just to add on to that and like you said already it's about bringing you know have like again having more girls out there in the public domain um so they can be seen you know really yeah. exactly what the 2020 campaign was about yeah and coverage like of uh young people and stuff like that like that all helps them want to do better and want to keep playing like you know that little bit of kind of I suppose encouragement and even like showing the ladies on tv and like the seniors and that like not that it's a huge difference or like that but it's making you kind of on par with the men's like you know why should they have it if we don't or you know so um yeah, it's kind of just pub- publicizing it a bit more and not that it has, hasn't been, but just more so than it has. And last question. Um, when you sat down there, we say at the start of the year last week, uh, what was your aspirations for 2021? I suppose that's the million dollar question. Will there be a game with the COVID? Yeah, yeah. 
Ideally. I suppose, yeah, uh, like as I said, like it's so uncertain at the moment. Um, but my kind of main goal, I suppose, for the next few months is is to uh, make the Irish senior women's team um, for basketball and then obviously compete with Mayo and uh, play the league and championship to the best as I can. Um, that would be my main goal. Uh, and then, as I said, like if club comes back and that, um, it'll be good to give that a bit of a go as well. But um, my kind of main goal for, for the next few months is to make the Irish senior women's team and work hard and hopefully um, win the small countries. Very good. Look, on on that note, I will wrap it up there. Um, thanks so much for taking time out. Uh, I took I took enough of your time. Um, so thanks very much for coming on Inside View podcast. And look, best luck with everything else going forward. And hopefully, you'll you'll be on that Irish team in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two, whenever whenever things open up again. Thanks, William. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Dana. Very interesting story. Very down to heart. I think we got a great insight into, um her basketball career to date and her football career to date um, and how she you know how she manages both and look uh, Dana thanks very much for taking time out and coming on the Inside View podcast again we really really do appreciate it and best luck um, best luck to you going forward that is all from us on this week's podcast please do get in contact with the show if you have any stories from being part of a team whether it's a sports team or a corporate team please do let us know don't worry everything will be kept confidential don't forget to rate review tell your friends family and whoever may know about the podcast and we'd really appreciate it if you could follow us on social media too um and you'll be kept up to date with you know stuff that we're doing and competitions that we're running and stuff we actually have for sale we've we've uh, beautiful merchandise for sale not one we've beautiful caps tops uh masks uh mugs so look do, do get in contact with us and we'll uh, we'll accommodate you the best way in, in the best way possible um so You'll find us on Instagram, it's at underscore on the ball team building. Over on Facebook, it's on the ball team building. Over on Twitter, it's at we're on the ball two. That is a digit two. We're also on LinkedIn, it's on the ball team building. And we're also on TikTok, it's on the ball team building. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week. We have another exciting guest. Till then, please do stay safe and remember, cred and it's fin. Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it.